Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gaza Guy podcast with me, Mo Musa from Gaza. Today, with my guest Raisa Adin, I'll be talking about her dreams to go back to Gaza, the best feeling in the world, the lack of freedom in Palestine, and why the world needs to act for Gaza at the moment. Showing beauty of Gaza is a sign of support. One thing she doesn't understand about herself and gratitude lock challenges that facing the next generation. Tune in, Gaza Guy from Gaza. to describe yourself in five words, what would they be? They would be, I think, um, spontaneous, um, funny, maybe maybe calm, maybe not, <laughs> you know, like relaxed. Um, and um, maybe like this is probably, this is not one word, but like has kind of um, strong opinions about things. And, being and yes, thank you. <laughs> and um, being extroverted, so I like being around people. Nice. Uh, what goals do you have for the next five years? So the goals um, I have for the next five years, one of the goals that is not a professional goal, but I would love to go back to Palestine. And I know that I, unless things change drastically, which I do not think they do the way the world is going, that I know I cannot go and get into Gaza, but, and I don't know if I can get into the rest of Palestine, but I would like to try because I think it's important. You miss Gaza, you miss Gaza. Yeah, it's important. I think it's important for Palestinians to keep trying to go back, even if exactly. you're not sure. Yeah. Mm. What do you think is the best feeling in the world? I think the best feeling in the world is the feeling of freedom. So whether the freedom to be able to do what you what you want to and to be able to go where you want to. And I know it's limited for people and it's more limited for some people than it's especially others. for Palestinians. Exactly, and especially for people living in Gaza. Yeah, when we're limited of every form of freedom, if it is a freedom of movement, it is, if it is a freedom of expression, if it is a freedom of will, uh, it's really catastrophic out here. You feel like you're a wingless parrot sometimes. Yes, yeah, exactly, and it's hard, and it's like, I think, for me as like a Palestinian living outside of Gaza and my family is there, like all of my father's family is still there. It's hard for me to know like what to do. Sometimes you feel, you know, helpless, like you can't do anything to change the situation. So it's hard. And sometimes I ask myself like, what can we do to change it? But I don't, I haven't found a good answer. The answer will always be as a Gaza. I like when people share what is beautiful, what is positive about Gaza. You know, it's good to share if there is a war, if there is an aggression on Gaza. It's nice. 
about what is nicer is to share the positive and the beautiful part of Gaza, often to share the work of artists from Gaza. Um, not always uh, support Gaza as, not always show Gaza as a place that suffers from the fame. You know, it's a catastrophic year and it's a disaster in the true sense of the word, but in the end, uh, we have a life, uh, a bit of a life, not a full life. Uh, so if you can share that part more, it would be nice if you can bring uh, in every conversation and educate the world about the inhuman siege, that would be great. Uh, keep the world updated there's something uh, happening in Gaza would be amazing uh, to support the work of artists more in Gaza to some keep pressuring the, the international community to react to the inhuman siege that has been imposed on the people of Gaza for nearly 40 years and now the city is going through a pandemic and the whole world doesn't care about the siege mm -hmm. yes so, yeah. This is inhuman till now, like they're questioning themselves or whether this is legal or illegal. Come on, a pandemic, a disaster, unemployment, uh, youth committing suicide. So it's, uh, it's disasters. So the international community must react to this. Uh, people must uh, be aware of what is happening in Gaza. Uh, uh, keep pressuring the international community to react towards this inhuman siege that has been imposed on the people of Gaza for nearly 14 years. Yes, and I, I really like that point about also showing the positives, uh, you know, the beautiful side and the beautiful parts of life um, in Gaza because I think it, it to people it makes people human because a lot of times I think people outside of Palestine think it's uh you know it's a humanitarian my problem, problem. Yeah, the problem with the people will always think the outside Gaza will always think of Gaza Raisa, as a place of death and not also a place of life I always wanted to emphasize on Gaza as a place of life too uh, despite the circumstances that I personally experience uh, here so it's it's a tough process not an easy life at all but in the end, I want to share what makes me happy more than share what makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's really important. And it's interesting when you, like, I talk to people here about Gaza and you know, oh, I, I'm, you know, my father's from there and I've been there. And many times the reaction is like, oh, that must be so hard. And I'm like, it's, I have beautiful memories from Gaza. Like I have so many positive memories from when I was there and of course <laughs> so it's like yeah like you know being outside and the feeling of being just with your family and kind of living simply so it's interesting like people automatically have that like oh that's so you know it's so hard and it's it's like we need to talk about the positives also of people who are living there now and people who are creating beautiful art and yeah it's it's very interesting I was going to ask, what is one thing uh, you don't understand about yourself, Raisa? Mm, that is a good question. <laughs> one thing I don't understand about myself. Um, hmm. 
Let me think. So, I guess one thing I don't understand about myself. So, um, for a while, I think I kind of, um, I think because for a while here in the United States, it was very difficult to be, you know, Arab and to be have the Palestinian identity. So for a while, I kind of didn't talk about it a lot, you know, I, as much as I could, because of course people say my to my avoid name all, all the news. Mm-hmm. Yes, avoid it. And because of that, I like was not speaking Arabic a lot. So now my Arabic is not as good as it could have been when before I used to speak Arabic the same way I speak English. Um, so that looking back, it's something why I don't completely understand why I didn't that because me myself now I would never do that. I would never kind of like try and forget about my identity kind of to make it easier for me, which is not something I'm proud of. Um, and now it's like it's very important to me, you know, being Palestinian is my identity and being Arab is my identity and growing up Muslim and um, but looking back I'm kind of like, oh I wish I didn't do that because now I'm trying to practice my Arabic again to make it how it was before and everything to kind of like reconnect with who I was before, if that makes sense. You're a Muslim? What was the single best realization uh, you have ever had? The single best realization I have ever had? Um, I'll make you think the whole day. I know. <laughs> no, I don't feel prepared. Um, <laughs> the single best realization I have It's ever like had. It's like a college interview. I know. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think. I think the single best realization I ever had, I know I've been talking a lot about dance, but I think like when I learned to dance and I realized like how much I would enjoy it and how much I could enjoy it no matter what I was feeling. So like if I was, if all these bad things were happening, it's like you can dance and you feel like that is the only thing that matters and then you stop dancing and then you can go and deal with all the other things. But it's kind of like, kind of like a place where I can, I realized like I can consistently feel like very happy in that space. Do you have any guilty pleasures? I think if if there was more kanafa here, I think I would have a guilty pleasure of eating too much kanafa, but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, that question would be interesting. What in your life do you feel most grateful? Sorry, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel most grateful to have opportunities. I feel like because of where I live, I have certain opportunities. Um, and I feel like an obligation to, to do things with them. You know, I feel like I need to Um, kind of take an opportunity if I'm offered to it and make the most of what I have because I know that there are people who do not have the same opportunities and I know that I could have easily been in a situation where I don't have the opportunities I have now so that's what I feel grateful for. Your answers are very very beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Do you believe in luck? In luck? Kind of. Kind of. I 
I do because I don't think we have complete control over our environment. So, I mean, people are, are born in different places and that's kind of luck, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yes. What are the challenges you think the next generation will face? I think the challenges, well, I mean, one will be the, the technology. I think people grow up with so much like attachment to their phones or attachment to, I don't know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, that I think it's going to be hard for people to relate to like real people and it might in terms of like children's or adolescent like teenagers mental health it might be a bigger challenge for them i think depending on where people live um, but here it's a like you see little babies with the ipads in front of them already yeah. when they're younger so i think that's going to be a challenge yeah what's your favorite food my favorite food hmm. My favorite food, I, I don't have one favorite food because I really like, I really like food, but I love, um, I like anything with rice. I like, of course, I like magluba because <laughs> yes, I don't man. think there's, yeah, I don't think there's a Palestinian who doesn't like magluba, but so I, I like anything with rice and a lot of flavor. I was going to ask, well, what is the best part of your day? My best part of um, my day is, I think I like the morning, like before, you know, before you go to work or kind of before you start your day. I also really like coffee, so it's a good time to drink coffee. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, favorite artist and favorite song and why? Oh, <laughs> um, I don't think I can pick one favorite song because I have so many that I like. Pick one. Um, pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Oh, let me see. I also have a bad memory, so I don't remember the, the names. Yeah, I don't remember the names of the song. I like. I mean, I like a lot of like um, musicians who do faha, um, like the um, style of dance that I do. And a favorite artist. I also don't think I have a favorite artist because I like so many. <laughs> If you had to compare yourself to one fictional character, who would it be? So, when I was younger, have you read the, um, you know, the Harry Potter book? <laughs> always, always heard of, heard of him, but never, never I felt like I would like to watch him or read the book at all. Why? Not a fan of uh, the magic thing. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Even as a kid, I never, 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 never found this interesting for me. That's interesting. That's very unique. I think, yeah, that's interesting. I think when I was when I was younger, I used to like them. So I was gonna compare myself to a fictional character in the book, but maybe we'll move on to the next question. <laughs> what have you learned from your past relationship? So if you can say relationships. Yeah, relationships. <laughs> um, past relationships, I think it's been it's been um, good to look at to know myself first and know what I want 
from a relationship and also to know kind of where um, to really get to know people before you get into a relationship with them. So I don't think it's good to just, you know, meet somebody and then you're in a relationship because you don't <laughs> Yeah, you don't know the person. So um, I learned, well, I learned that you have to know yourself before you get into a relationship. And I learned that I need to be with somebody who's very open-minded and kind of will not like impose certain um like values that they have on me if it's not the same like needs to respect that i i need yeah because i don't think anybody have the time to adapt to any new (laughs) any new habits or new rituals what is the most important thing that guys should understand about the girl and it seems to you they do not understand guys should understand that communication is the most important so I think you know, I've, I've heard that answer many times <laughs> there's a problem with the connection there's a pro- yeah, there are many problems <laughs> with the <laughs> communication because people if people communicate it's funny because I always hear the same answer <laughs> it's funny <laughs> oh it must be true then it must be a problem because why I do think- you think so? Because I think a lot of men have like what they think the woman wants or they, you know, and then they don't, um, they don't actually communicate because they think they already know. This is from my experience, I think, but it's not like, like it, it's give me though. examples. Yeah. Like I think if, um, somebody, for example, a woman is looking for like a serious relationship, mm-hmm. You know, and they tell the the man, I'm looking for a serious relationship. I don't want just like a casual thing. And then the man maybe, I don't know if this is really an example, but the man would say, um, like, no, no, I'm looking for a serious relationship just because they want to be with the person, but they're not really looking for a serious relationship. And it would be fine if they said, no, I'm not looking for a serious relationship. And then what fun activity from your childhood has been completely ruined for kids today mm. <laughs> good, well, question. good question good <laughs> I think uh, it's interesting because like I'm in a different environment than I grew up in so I don't know if children like in the United Arab Emirates where I grew up are still worry where they're from in general okay so an activity from my childhood was just like um, playing outside you know like we get home from school and you would just play outside with the children like play soccer or football or whatever and then you go inside when it's dark when it's time to eat when you need to do homework or help your mother with something but um it's not like i think that in many places is ruined for kids today because maybe it's not safe for them to be outside maybe they prefer to be on technology or something like that so i don't know if it's completely ruined but 
maybe a little bit ruined. What does love look like to you? Good question. I think um, for me, love looks like um, like understanding and communication, and not trying to <laughs> not trying to like trap the other person. Like understand that in whatever relationship, whether it's like a romantic relationship or if it's love, like between family members, you know, um, just trying to like the person is gonna do what they want to do, and you're there with them, but you're not trying to trap the person. In terms of um, like, imagine if I went back to Gaza now, if I was able to go back, how do you think um, it would be different than when I was there? Like so. Oh, I left Gaza nine years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, away from it's different Gaza after 2007 or what year you left Gaza? Mom, so my math skills are not very good, but I'm 31 Me years too. old now. <laughs> Me too. So you have like been 21 years. Mm-hmm. 21 yeah. years. Now Gaza is completely different. Gaza is different right now the siege uh, talk that beautiful thing from the city that used to be beautiful uh, when you were a kid you used to see that beautiful thing in it that beautiful thing had disappeared um, but I, what I would say that the uh, freedoms are very limited in Gaza so the idea for example to teach dancing will be a struggle in this uh, conservative community you might see somebody doing it but not in the way that you will uh, that you have in your head so away from siege away from occupation away from deterioration economy uh, in all sectors it's gonna be a struggle I think if you want to for example train dancing but if you would come for a visit it's a nicer place it has very beautiful restaurants, very beautiful gyms, very beautiful uh, cafes. Uh, I used to meet last year uh, foreigners working with the NGO or uh, came to Gaza to interview me. Also. And we used to sit in a cafe by the beach or a restaurant by the beach and enjoying the view and enjoying the day. It was a beautiful experience. So it would be a great, great experience to meet you here and talk to you. Uh, and you will enjoy it with your with your family and you, when they meet you or see you many many beautiful places uh, yeah it would be nice but it, the cultural part still exists though the that thing uh, the limitation of freedoms uh, the limitation of expressing yourself like the freedom of will to be who you want to be to do what you want to do so that cultural part is a struggle will always be a struggle because it's it's because of the community it's integral yeah that's yeah that's helpful i think it's interesting to talk i love to imagine gaza a place where i where i'm allowed to to train dancing for example with a female partner and this uh, that's what i hate about gaza also sometimes that the, that the limitation of freedoms is something disgusting, annoying, unacceptable. Yeah, yes, it is true that that piece is interesting to think about because here 
you know, we have the freedom to, to do be that. whatever you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To do whatever you want. Exactly. And as you know, as youth or as young people, we're uh, rebellious. Mm-hmm. You cannot tell us do this and do not do that. We are passionate. We are so excited. We want to do this and that, and try this and that. So it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's not easy. Uh, I would like to ask you, what is your best piece of advice? My best piece of advice. Good question. Uh. <laughs> it um. I don't want to say about communication because I already talked about that. <laughs> But um, my best piece of advice would be don't don't give up on what you want to do because I think a lot of times we we might have an idea for something and then not do it for some reason. Maybe our family says, "Oh, you don't do that. You're not gonna." You're not going to make money off that. You're not going to be able to do anything with it. Um, so don't or, listen to what people think and do what yeah. you have or what. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Even if you think it's going to be very difficult, maybe yes, it will be difficult. But you might be able to actually. Beginnings are always difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very true. What's three habits that will improve your life? Um, three habits that will improve my life. Would be following my own advice that I just gave. <laughs> so don't like don't give up on things. Yeah. And don't give up, especially on on art. I think in terms of like a small habit, it would um, something kind of like slowing down might improve my life because I think a lot of times where you know like rushing, like oh to go to work and then do this and this and this and it's like then you don't have time to either for me like write poetry or to dance or to maybe be with family or something like that so slow down and I know that was only two but I think that's okay um what is your favorite thing about your career about my career mm, well my so my career now is something I don't think I want to do for the rest of my life but so I work at I work in a hospital kind of helping um, families like get resources if they don't have um, if they don't have money for food and they're in the hospital if they don't have a way to get to the hospital then I help with that and I think some of those, my favorite thing about that is being able to help people get something even if it's a little thing even if it's like getting a ride to the hospital so their child can be seen by a doctor i think that's uh, something that i'm seeing that i'm helping that i'm doing to help people so it's it's something i like about my job that's beautiful um, before i go it was really an honor to have you uh, isa abdin on gazagai podcast really enjoyed our conversation today would leave the mic to you what would you say thank you so much for having me um i'm very honored to be here on gaza guy podcast and i'm congratulations on all your hard work because i know it's not easy and it's wonderful i was listening to some of the episodes of the podcast um you know before i sent you the email and it it's it's wonderful that you're kind of uplifting 
voices of Palestinians also in Gaza with the work you do with poetry and then people out Palestinians outside of Gaza and it's beautiful to make that connection also between you and everybody you know other people to kind of like you said show the positives of Palestinian art and art from Gaza so it's very it's very inspiring i think you're welcome and thank you so much for having me no it's so oh, it's my pleasure and have a nice day thank you so much you too Become a supporter of Gaza Guy Podcast. You can support this podcast with a small donation to help sustain future episodes. Support Gaza Guy through anchor.fm slash gazaguy slash support or visit our Instagram page Gaza Guy and click on the link in the pile Gaza Guy from Gaza.